0: What's going on everybody? It is Jason J Bird Goldstein here for another episode of The Bird's Eye View. And you know, I wanna apologize. I've just been exhausted, feeling a little uh you know, busy with work lately, so I haven't had time to really do a whole big episode on everything going on. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, I've been doing recaps and previews in the same week in the same episodes. You know, it's been it's been a little busy for two episodes a week. So for now, we're going to just a one episode a week format. Uh, you know, but you know, you know, when things line up, I might go back to two episodes a week, but for now, I think I'm going to stick with one episode a week. It's a little easier that way. Uh, we get the recaps and the previews in the same week. Uh, you know, w- w- once the NFL's over, it really gets, you know, these the shows, it makes it easier to do one episode just because the NFL takes up so much content, and right now we're, and just the right, right now there's just so much going on with college hoops, college football, uh, college is gonna start lightening up, uh, the NBA, like, I've barely even followed the NBA so far this year, mostly been the NFL and some college sports, uh, but yeah, it's, you know... We're near the end of the college football season and the college football playoff is upon us and we have our four teams. It's Alabama, it's Cincinnati, it's Michigan, it's Georgia. And I mean I'll be honest, like I've like watched a lot of games featuring my teams, whether they're not in the playoffs, whether they're not in the Super Bowl or something, but but for some reason Watching Michigan in the Big Ten championship game and watching them absolutely dominate Iowa, that had to be one of the most miserable I've been watching a team that wasn't mine and not in the championship game. I know the Giants and the Knicks have been pretty bad for recent years, so there's nothing much to it. Watching the Eagles win a Super Bowl did suck. That That was probably one of the lowest I felt. But man, seeing... Seeing Michigan in the Big Ten championship game, knowing knowing that should be us, knowing that's always us, knowing we had that special offense, was absolutely just just awful. If I'm being completely honest, I really just uh I don't, I'm just like still upset about it, but like we don't deserve it. We didn't deserve to get in. I mean, those four teams—they clearly were the four teams that deserved to be in there. Uh. Yeah, you know, people said should Michigan be number one. Michigan had an argument, but in my opinion, Alabama. You know, they scored 41 points. Michigan scored 42. Michigan did this against an Iowa team. Bama did this against the number one ranked Georgia team. So in my opinion, you know, Bama beating a Georgia team by I think what was it? a final margin ended up being 17 points, 21 points. In the end, that's why you have to give Bama that number one spot. And of course, like people really thought Bama was gonna lose that game. Nick Saban's undefeated as an underdog, and it's just... Ugh. So we have the playoffs, and like looking at it, I'm rooting for Cincinnati. You know, a fellow Ohio team, uh, You know, former Ohio State coach Luke Fickle. I'm definitely not rooting for Alabama to win a national title. Not rooting for our rival Michigan at all. Uh, but like, I think what's going to happen, like, Bama, they're going to beat Cincinnati. Oh, it would be amazing if Cincinnati won. Uh, I think maybe... Maybe since he's a chance because John Mechie's out for Bama, but, like, in the end, I just I, I don't see it happening. Bama's pretty much going to easily beat Cincinnati. And uh, Michigan-Georgia, like, I, it's going to be a close game. These teams play a very similar style of football, really intense defensives, really intense on defense, really physical, hard-nosed running. Uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Like, I'm surprised that Georgia 7.5-point fair. I think this will be a close game. Uh, it'll feel like a very, very defensive game, but I'm excited for it. I think in the end, Georgia wins, and of course, we get another SEC championship game rematch, another Georgia Bama national title. Uh, yeah, that's like, of course, we're getting that. Like, what else are we going to get that? We get that pretty much. We get Bama in it every other every if not every year, every other year at the worst. Uh, like, I'm trying to think the longest stretch we've gotten in the championship without Bama. Let's see. They made it. They won it last year. Then two years ago, they lost. to uh, uh, Clemson. Or there was the year. The year after. The year before they. The year before the year before LSU won. They lost to Clemson. Uh the year before that, they won it all when they beat Georgia. Uh, the year before that. I mean, yeah. I mean, Bama's pretty much. that's LSU Clemson year, It's Pretty much been Bama in it every year. No reason to think that trend doesn't continue. Honestly, Bama will beat Cincinnati again. Georgia, I think their defense is just better than Michigan's. I think, you know, Michigan hasn't played a defense as good as Georgia's. Now, Georgia hasn't played a running game like Michigan's also. So that running game, you know, it's going to be different for Georgia. We saw when Georgia played an offense like Bama's that not so – that defense that looked so unbeatable actually got kind of exposed this year when playing Bama, which is a higher-level offense. Now Michigan, because it's running, I don't think they can beat you with the pass the way Bama could with Bryce Young. Uh, I still think that the running game is gonna make a be a little difficult for Georgia, but in the end I don't think McNamara is gonna make enough plays. I think I trust Stenson Bennett to make a few more plays than McNamara, and that's gonna be the difference in this game. Now I think you know Michigan's defense, especially Aiden Hutchinson Aiden Hutchinson can make life very, very difficult on Stenson Bennett. But in the end, like Georgia's just gonna pull away. And honestly, it'll probably be Bama winning the national title again because just, of course. In the, in the year where this felt like their weakest year, their weakest team, they're probably going to win it. Uh, quickly, I'll go through the other New Year's Six Bowls. So we're in the Rose Bowl versus Utah. Uh, I mean, we're six and a half point favorites. Like We should win this game. You know, we, ha- we had a new defensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator from Oklahoma State. I'm blanking out on his name right now. I mean, Oklahoma State had a good defense this year. I know it's like, you know, they were one of the more elite defenses in the country. That's what wrote them that 11-1 victory. This wasn't the typical, oh, Chuba Hubbard, oh, uh, Brandon Whedon, oh, Mason Rudolph laying up, oh, the elite wide receiver. No, this was an elite Oklahoma State defense this year. So, you know, I, I like Oklahoma State, you know, Gundy, what he does with what, – what he succeeds there with is coaching, not necessarily high recruiting. So, you know, this guy, I'm sure he's pretty good in the X's and O's. He's not going to be coaching us versus Utah. And Utah – they run the ball better than Oregon. They're one of the top running teams in the country. Like, a lot of scrimmage in the linebackers, they have to be prepared for this game. And up front, to beat Utah. Like, it's not going to be easy. They they play great in the line of scrimmage. We saw them dominate Oregon twice. The same Oregon team who dominated Ohio State, uh, obviously, to different points of the season. So just be ready for how physical Utah plays. It's not going to be a cakewalk against a Pac 12 team, which obviously we saw. Wasn't the case earlier this year. Uh, plus, who knows if guys are gonna play? Uh, Garrett Wilson says he's not sure if he's gonna play. Uh, you know, a lot of guys with their draft stock might not be willing to play for this game just because it's not the playoff. Although I expect a lot of it to want to play in his final game because uh, the Rose Bowl is still meaningful, but it's it's not the playoff. Uh, we have Baylor for Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. You know, had you know Baylor was at seven if Cincinnati lost. Uh, Baylor could make a case, oh, we're a conference championship, we're a conference champion, oh, we beat Oklahoma, oh, we beat Oklahoma State, you know, is that better than anything Notre Dame has, is that better than anything Ohio State has, we're a conference champ, they could have had a case, but, they're in, and it was a great game, like, honestly, like, like against, uh, well, first they're playing Ole Miss, Uh, I think Ole Miss should win that game, but who knows, uh, like, it was a, it was a pretty good game, I missed it because I was at the Knicks game for the most part, but obviously I saw the highlights, Felt like, oh, Mike Gundy's going to choke. Baylor gets off to the rocking hot start. But Oklahoma State's defense keeps them in that game. They have the chance and fell in, like an inch short. Now you know that run. It looks like he's clearly going to get in a hell of a tackle by the Baylor defender uh, to win the Big 12. And this was, you know, Baylor, this was a year after they just won three games. Already rebounding from the loss of Matt Rule. Incredible turnaround year. I think they had one of the, Longest odds ever in the preseason to win a conference championship, and they did. Uh, yeah, for Oklahoma State, had a chance if they win that game. They're probably not in the playoff, but they at least have an argument. Uh, they're still in a New Year's Six Bowl versus Notre Dame, who's fired up with the hiring of Marcus Freeman, who I wanted to be the Ohio State defensive coordinator. In uh, the Fiesta Bowl, like, I don't think Oklahoma State would have got in regardless if they won. You know, they could be fired up, upset, angry. Bathing Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman, that's a lot of fire. And Marcus Freeman is going to carry these boys to a victory. Uh, and the last game that we're getting, the last New Year's Six Bowl we're getting uh, is, I believe this is, I didn't even check which bowl this was, but it's Michigan State Pitt. Uh, you know, Pitt, congrats to them. They've had a great year. Kenny Pickett on it was one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the country this season. So good. Glad he's a Heisman finalist. I think he's going to be the best quarterback in this draft. I think he goes to end his pick career with a W. Uh, You know, great game. Uh, First off, fuck you, Wake Forest, because you scored 21 points in the first quarter, zero points the rest of the game. Like, in my opinion, that over seemed like an easy lock after that first quarter, and the over doesn't hit. I was sick. Sick to my stomach for that not happening. I mean, that was bullshit. Uh, anyway, so I'm just gonna go quick, other decent bowl games that are out ahead. I'm not gonna dive into really a preview of these. Uh, you have NC State and UCLA in the Holiday Bowl, Chisup Bowl. We're gonna get uh, Clemson, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oregon, the Alamo Bowl. I mean, both of those guys, Mario Cristobal, has left Oregon to go to Miami in like a weird move because technically Manny Diaz is still under contract and still recruiting, but now Cristobal is the head coach. So these two teams are not going to have their – because I think Cristobal is probably going to coach this game. But like he has one foot out the door. Oklahoma is going to have Brett – maybe have Brett Venable coaching this game. Who knows? I don't think so. But no Lincoln Riley. So basically these two schools, coaches are in transition. It's going to be a weird game. Uh, Duke's mail Bowl, you know, we North Carolina, South Carolina, that's always fun. Music City Bowl, high-scoring offenses, Purdue and Tennessee. Wake versus Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. Barstool Barstool Sports hosting the Arizona Bowl. We get Central Michigan and Boise State. Outback Bowl is always interesting. We get Penn State, Arkansas. Citrus is always decent. We get Iowa, Kentucky. And the Texas Bowl, LSU, Kansas State. Uh, You know, that's really it for college football. Uh, NFL Week 13 recap. And honestly, like this Giants game... This Giants game was just like miserable, absolutely miserable to watch. And like, I'm not even gonna be mad at Freddie Kitchens. What the hell is he supposed to do? The offensive line sucks in general. You know, we were already were at two of our top three receivers, and Kenny Galladay gets hurt. You know, Mike Glennon's at quarterback. And what the hell are we supposed to do? You know, we Glennon's not gonna be you throwing the ball. Our line sucks, so he can't run the ball. So you just watch, so he just. I mean, the game was so boring to watch. I was nearly falling asleep watching this game. I'm not even. It was just. Awful. Like, I I really, I mean, this game was probably one of the most boring Giants games I've ever watched in my life. It was a drag. It was an absolute drag to watch this game. And just, I mean, what are we supposed to do? What the hell are we supposed to do in that game against, with all the situation we were in? It it was a snooze fest. It was a goddamn snooze fest. Uh, And just, I mean, the offense, like, you know, Saquon, like, you know, he had some big runs here and there. I'll give him credit for that. But you know what? He also had some bad drops as well. Just like... Ugh, like I can't even get... M- and somehow, like... You know, this is one of those games I shouldn't even get mad. Like It's hard to get mad because of how boring it was. You know, Saquon has the drops. Just, you know, frustrating. And then it's like, oh my god, these drops, these drops. He's killing us. He's killing us. Like, I And mean, this is the guy we drafted, number two overall. They're just pathetic. And... And also, like, Joe Judge, he continues to show he's unqualified to be an NFL head coach. All right, first off, 12 seconds left in the first quarter. We wasted timeout. Oh, and then there's a second and 23 when you know, we're already backed up at your own 12, and you call a timeout there to avoid a delay game. You're already backed up. Like, what are you doing? Oh yeah, oh oh oh. We multiple fourth and fourth down and shorts from the you know the forty yard lines, and he chooses to punt the ball, win the game at field position rather than going for it. I mean, grow a pair, Joe Judge, and go for it. Oh oh, and he actually has the audacity, the audacity to say there was improvement. This quote, uh, you know, there was a lot of things I saw in the way we played, a lot of things that are moving in the right direction, improvement. Let's see, two weeks ago, ten week, ten points. A week ago, thirteen points. This week, nine points, no touchdowns. Where the hell are you seeing improvement, Joe Judge? I mean, I mean, he's not qualified to be a head coach. I don't care about this, oh, you don't want to fire coaches for two years, three coaches in a row. He needs to go. He is unqualified. He is weighing over his head. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's pathetic. I don't care if he had McAdoo for a year and a half, Shermer for two years, and it looks bad to have Judge for two years, and all of a sudden you're looking for your... Fourth coach in seven seasons, a fifth if you want to count, uh, Spagnola. Just, it, it's bad. This is you can't be doing this guy. This guy's not a good head coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. And you know, like you you, you want to bring in a GM, you're forcing this guy in a GM. Either you're either you're forcing this guy a GM on this guy, either you're forcing this guy in a GM that's not gonna be a good relationship, or you want a guy who has his philosophical approach, which is anti-analytics, and I'm not saying be a slave to analytics, but he's so anti-analytics, he's going to bring in another guy with that old school approach, which is similar to the Giants' mentality, and we're going to be stuck in this same old cycle of I don't think Joe Judge has a good culture. It's simple as that. I don't, And that's the thing. Even if, he, even if they bring in a, an outside guy, I know people say this is going to be Kevin Abrams, but even if they bring in an outside guy that's not Kevin Abrams, I don't want this guy to have at Joe Judge philosophy, because I don't think a guy with Joe Judge philosophy is going to get it done. I don't believe in Joe Judge as a head coach. I think this. I think the team has won games the last two years simply because of Patrick Graham. He's a great defensive coordinator. I mean the defense they fight hard week in and week out. They have some bad games here and there, and they're susceptible to that. Every defense does. But this was a defense that like, you know, is consistently being put on the field after three, after three plays, after six plays, after you know if they're if they're lucky ten plays, but usually doesn't get that far. And this was usually, and this was, you know, I get this was no okay K-Miami offense. And some of the, you know, against the box they got exposed. But the unit has played well ever since that Carolina game. Uh, you know, Aaron Robinson, you know, he's made some good plays off, you know. He's not great, but the first third-round pick, a guy who didn't play at all during training camp, he's made some good plays. He gave up a touchdown, I will say that. But that was a great ball from Tua. Other than that, you saw make some good plays on the ball and some good tackles and not give up first down. So I, I, I like what Aaron Robinson has brought to this team. And also, like, this team just sucks. And it's almost to the point, a few years ago, I was rooting heavily against this team because I really, really wanted Chase Young. I'm not at that tanking point, although KV on Thibodeau, as much as I hate him, Aiden Hutchinson would be nice. Uh, the only thing is, like, and, and, you know, we the more we lose, Joe Judge is likely gone. I think if we don't win a game, or maybe if we win just one game, there's a case for Judge to be gone. Because I don't see, you know, how you can keep Joe Judge for a third year when clearly his, a lot of his coaching fell cost games. And if this team regresses the five wins with an extra game, which means they'd have two more losses than last season and one less win, you can't keep him. And also, like, I, I there's a report that they're going to let Dave Genneman walk into the sunset at the end of the year. No, no. Apparently that this year we have that you can get a start on the GM hiring process two weeks early if you fire your GM middle of the season. Fire Gettleman now and start that process. You know week 15 with two weeks left in the season, rather than late on the process and get some schmuck. I mean what that tells me is we already have guys in mind, and don't, it tells me it might be Kevin Abrams, and we might get more guys from the inside. <sighs> Anyways, I can go on and on about the Giants, but like, yeah, I I'm gonna save my content for next week, because I'm gonna have more content next week when we get blown out by the Chargers. Uh, for the Bucks and the Falcons, Brady easily won that game. Uh, offense rolls. The Washington football team, you know, they'll do a whole up since that loss of the Washington football team. Excuse me, they'll go a whole lot better in the last three games. Uh, the usual, the Brady had that November late loss and gets rolling. Uh, Vita Vea came back. Yeah, I love this. He had that sack. He did his little sat dance, which I like. I uh, you know it looks like Playoff Lenny's arrived a little early this year. And Tampa Bay right now, they look like one of the best teams in the NFC. They're red hot. Brady's Brady. He looks like he's going to be the MVP right now at age 44. I mean, I hope I'm doing something like that at 44, but, like, I doubt it. You know, Atlanta, good for them. Like, they're 5-7. and seven. The NFC is a joke, so they're still, they're still in the race. In there by a thread. But in my opinion, like, they're in that, like, second-to-last-tier range. Like, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, they're in that last tier. And guess what? The Falcons have three wins against them. Beat the Saints, beat Trevor Seaman, and they beat uh, and they beat Miami when Miami sucked. Uh, you know, I'd say the Bucks are one of the best teams in the NFC, but right now the best team in the NFC and the best team in the NFL are the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, Kyler Murray comes back, looks 100%. There were concerns, oh, is he going to be okay He ran it ten times, you know. Carry the ball for a couple touchdowns. Not afraid to dive. Get in the end zone there. DeAndre Hopkins, even though in limited fashion, was doing DeAndre Hopkins things. All Colorado do is throw 15 passes. They roll the Bears. They roll again. They have the best record in the NFL. And here we go with the Cardinals. They have a good chance to clinch a playoff spot next week. Defense feast on Andy Dalton and with Nagy, like you know, you have Nagy who's a dead man walking right now versus. Cliff Kingsbury, who's probably going to be the coach of the year in the NFL. Uh, Chargers, Bengals, and this was one of the most surprising results of the day. Uh, But this was also, it felt very 2021 like. You know, Chargers, they suffered a really ugly loss last week. The Bengals, they had a great blow victory over the Steelers last week. And now they're at home. And of course, like the Chargers win this game. Uh, This game was, like, weird. I mean, the Chargers start out extremely hot. Two touchdowns from Herbert to Allen connecting. Uh, you know, Bengals, all of a sudden, they're getting blown out on their home field. But then all of a sudden, they start to the come back. Although, Burrow, he gets hurt. Like, his finger was, ugh. Ball blown up, disgusting. Yeah, I traded for Burrow this week with Rodgers on a bye and with Rodgers' toe thing in fantasy. Uh, I just Because I also needed to win this week in fantasy to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, so as I get Burrow... And then uh, he comes in. He looks pretty good. All of a sudden, the Bengals, they're down 24-22. They don't get the two-point conversion, but this is a close game. They get the ball back, but then the game changes. The Chargers get a strip sack, return, return the fumble for a touchdown, and they take the lead in this game. And then they're winning. They don't look back. They shut down the Bengals the rest of the way through. And it was a huge win. I mean, the Bengals, again, their offensive line was came back to haunt them. Uh, all of a sudden, when the Bengals were coming back and it was 24 22, we had the feeling is this a charge, like an old school, the Chargers are going to charge this up game. Uh, but nope, the Chargers, they did not charge that game up. Uh, they get a huge win, and they needed that. And the AFC playoff race is a mess right now. They go to 7 and 5. They get really move in the, and stay ahead of teams like the Colts, stay ahead of those 6 and 6 teams. Uh, the Bengals, they're in that 7-5 race, but right now, like, how, re- how ready are they for the playoffs? I mean, both these teams have gauntlets. The Chargers' gauntlet's a little easier because I believe they're much better than both the Raiders and the Broncos. Uh, but the Bengals have a bit of a gauntlet here. Tough division games, tough road games. Like, let- let's see how they handle this and if they're really made for the playoffs. Vikings, Lions, and the Lions finally win a game. And I'm telling you this, I'm never gonna bet on the Vikings again in my life. You know, last week I had the money line as an underdog against against San Francisco. They lose because you have Kirk Cousins lining up under a guard. And then this week, I have a I have a parlay uh, to win. I would win like 150 from this parlay. Everything else hits, but you know what doesn't? The Vikings money line. Nope. And on the last play of the game, like after that, like I'm done. I'm done with the Vikings. They're just not a good team. Like Kirk Cousins is not good. Just, like, embarrassing like that. That That's how you lose. That's how you lose like that. I mean, what a joke. What a joke. Mike Zimmer, you're supposed to be a good defensive coach, and, it's like, the Vikings defense has just been atrocious this season. So, you know, like, that sucked. That really, really pissed me off. Uh yeah, like, ugh, it's, always, it's always that one team. The one team that screws the parlay. Now, thankfully, I did hedge. I did hedge when the Lions were winning, and they were still plus 200. But in the end, like, Chance at 150, like, just sucked. Uh, and, like, this game, though, like, it had the typical script of for both these teams. Uh, you have the Vikings. They've lost heartbreaker after heartbreaker this year. And the Lions, they've just lost heartbreaker after heartbreaker since their franchise has been in existence. But with them, like, they're heartbreakers or they find new ways to lose. And this is what they do. They're on their own 28. They go for it on fourth down. And Gough fumbles the ball. Not even – they don't even not get it. Gough fumbles the ball. Like, and all of a sudden, Vikings get it. All right, here we go. Vikings are going to have the script. They score a touchdown, but nope. Goff drives down the field. The one gets a touchdown. Gets a touchdown at the end of the game. Last play. Lions walking off. Technically, they should have kicked the extra point. You know, Scott Anderson said the rules, but not going to go here and there. And the Lions win. The Vikings go to 5-7. and seven. And I was wrong. I've been on the Vikings train. I'm like, oh, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. Oh, they'll turn it around at 3-5. Oh, even at the quarter point, at five and six. Like, yeah, that that two-thirds point, they'll turn it around. They'll be fine. But, no, I'm wrong. They're five and seven. They just lost to the Lions. They have a pretty tough schedule now. They have the Steelers. They have the Packers. Uh, they have the Rams. And now they're behind the playoff race. And the teams with Washington, with Philly ahead of them, with easier schedules, with New Orleans ahead of them, with an easier, New Orleans a with an easier schedule. Like, I can't pick the Vikings. Like, I'm done. I'm officially done chaining the Vikings Done so. See you, Minnesota. You're trash. Uh, the Jets and the Eagles. Hurts was out. Minshew was in. Uh, you know, Minshew Mania was back. He balled out this game. I believe he had his first 12 passes. And, look, he threw the ball better than Jalen Hurts has thrown the ball all damn year. Uh, yeah, the Jets, they couldn't stop him. It was him and God are just connecting, connecting. Miles Sanders was dominating all game on the ground. A smooth day for the Eagles' offense. They move back to just a half game in the wild card. And, like, going to the bye week, they're 6-7. and seven. I think the Eagles should move forward with Garner Minshew. Uh, you know, but with that mustache, like, how can you not? Uh, at, after the bye week, though, it's a huge game against the Washington football team. Whether Washington wins or loses this week, this that game is really going to be a huge game for at least who will hold the seventh seed. And like, the Jets tried. They played decent. They, they hung in it early. Just, you know, they're, they're not good enough. Colts Texans like not much to get into here. Colts winning a blowout. The Texans suck. Uh, I was against the Colts D in, the, in fantasy and that sucked. Uh, they're heating up at the right time though. Like right now, Taylor's the offensive player of the year in my opinion. Like the Colts at this time, even though they're out of the playoff picture, they look like the they look like the third best team in the AFC. I think right now Patriots and Chiefs look like one and one two, but the Colts, like how hot they are, look like the third best team in the AFC. And like it's crazy because. With their schedule coming up, I don't even know if the Colts are going to make the playoffs just because they're seven and six. They have that Patriots game coming up, and uh, some some of the other teams in the AFC have much easier schedules. But right now, I will say they are the they look like the third best team in the AFC. Yeah, they got swept by Tennessee, but Tennessee without Derrick Henry is a completely different team, and they're struggling. Uh, they just smoked Buffalo. Baltimore has looked completely lost in recent weeks. Uh, I'd say right right now the only teams I in the AFC I can say that completely look better than the Colts are the Chiefs and the Patriots. The Chargers and Bengals have been way too inconsistent. The Colts, yeah, they started zero and three, but right now they're seven and three in their last ten games. There's no reason to say that right now they're not the third best team in the AFC with how good the defense is playing, how good Jonathan Taylor looks, who, god, right now is going to be the offensive player of the year, and Carson Wentz just he's playing good this year. He's battling with the Carson Wentz that we've come to know. Uh, it's weird, like. I had look at the schedules. I don't have the Colts making the playoffs, but I think they're the third best team in the AFC, which is just crazy. Uh, Washington football team and the Raiders. uh, Washington football team that's four wins in a row, and just like last year, Washington has turned it on in the second half. You know, it's weird. Since Chase Young went down, that's when the defense has turned it around, and like I guess they rallied around him. Uh, They, you know, they committed the run in this game for Antonio Gibson, and that's what they needed. That's uh, something they haven't really done in recent weeks. Taylor Haneke is playing really well, though, as well, and that's big for them. The clutch drive. But Vegas, like, again, the start was fun. They are who we thought they were. They had the big one versus the Cowboys, but, like, they're not good. Rams, Jaguars. Uh, I mean, the Rams, they needed this game. It was a get-right game against a bad team. You know, they, had, they had early season Cooper Cup, Odell scored a touchdown. Sonny Michelle ran extremely well in place of Daryl Henderson. But, you know we'll, we'll wait until Sunday Night Football to see how back the Rams really are, or Monday Night Football, excuse me. Uh, Steelers Ravens and this was a classic Steelers Ravens game to save the season, where the Steelers save their season. I love that call to go for two for two by uh, John Harbaugh, uh, even though it didn't work. Like I still love that. But Baltimore, like their season is in trouble. You know, Lamar has sixteen th- touchdowns and thirteen interceptions on the season. The last those last six games, it's an eight to ten touchdown interception ratio. The last three games it's three to six. You know, Marlon Humphrey just went out for the season. The def- the secondary already has not played well. Now they're at Marcus hum- Mar- Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey. That's a huge reason for panic. People have seen a learn Lamar's offensive screen scheme. Look, they had that miracle win over the Colts. But other than that, Lamar has really not played well. Uh, they've had some miracle. they had some miracle wins, but this team could easily be in the bottom. And they, they, AFC North, it's a tough division. They're not going to win out against all these games. They're not going to win out against the Bengals, Steelers, and Browns, all three of these, no way. Uh, and Big Ben right now, he said it's his last year. Uh, he played this game pretty well. And this could be one of those teams, you know, Big Ben, he's been an old QB for a while. They're a well-run franchise. I can see them. They rally around him oh, they get one last run, and, you know, the defense is so good. T.J. Watt, this game really just, you know, really cemented, helped him with this case for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, they used to you know it's just a huge mess right now. They're all separated by two games, and, like, if the Browns beat the Ravens, they're all within one game. Uh, the Seahawks easily beat the Niners. They get the sweep. Now, this was the game that when Russell Wilson came back, people expected Seattle's offense to look, and this is that what they looked, uh, like, in my opinion, Pete Carroll's clock is still ticking, although it was a massive win for his job security. The you know, Niners, like, they just they're so inconsistent. The last three games they looked so good, but then here they kind of just laid an eggs and like they're not that good of a team, but they're better than the rest of the NFC teams, in my opinion. I think that's what gets them in. Now Seattle, Amen, you know, they're four and eight. They have the Texans, they have the Lions, and they have the uh they have the Texans, the Lions, and they have, I believe, the the Bears in the second half. They won three. They won three. Three of those games. All of a sudden and that's set, that's seven and eight. Uh you split with the Rams and Cardinals. Maybe Cardinals have the one seed lot. Oh, you never know. This team could sneak in there. Like, you never know. Uh Sunday night football. The Chiefs defense beat the won the game against the Broncos. The offense continues to not look really good, but the defense again. Steps up in recent weeks, like, hey, look, they stopped the Dallas offense, they stopped the Vegas offense. The Denver offense isn't that good, and then yeah, but still, the Denver score a garbage time touchdown was the first touchdown they gave up uh, against Vegas since since the third quarter against Vegas. Which Vegas and Dallas are two good offenses. They've won five wins in a row. Defense is rolling right now, and I still feel like the offense is just going to somehow turn it around. All right, last game, Monday Night Football, which was a snow game. Mac Jones throwing the ball three times. Like, it, it was a funny, fun game to watch. Sloppiness in the weather, madness. Patriots win their seventh in a row, like, 9 of 4, alone in first place in the AFC. While the Bills, their slide continues. Offense, I'll get the offensive pass for struggling this game. But, you know, Island has not played great this year. They great, they're without Trey White. I'm gonna get into that Bucks game, you know, a little later here. But like yeah, you know, that's gonna be an interesting game. Anyways, like the, the Patriots Colts coming off the bye. Huge, huge game. Both teams coming off the bye week for the playoff race. Uh week fourteen now. We're gonna get into that. And we're gonna start off. Actually, let me have a sip of water. Yes. I know you guys know, so I drink my water on the podcast. People get thirsty. What can I say? And we're going to start off with Thursday Night Football, the game going on tonight. Again, I said I can't trust the Vikings ever again. And like You lose to the Lions. you're I feel like you're broken that game. The Steelers are getting three and a half points in this game. Uh, I'm hoping you have to take them three and a half. Plus, with the Vikings, I just can't trust them. Can't trust Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, especially against this good defense. So, yeah. I'm going with the Steelers to win tonight. I'm going with the Steelers to cover at 3.5. I think the Vikings, they're done. I am officially done training them. They are not a good team, the Vikings. The Steelers, they're going to continue their, you know, a little bit of a late-season push with the news of Big Ben rallying around him. You know, they're going to expose that weak Mike Zimmer defense. Steelers win tonight. Take that. Take a money line. Take him plus 3.5 because they're beating the Vikes. Uh, TJ watch is going to make life hell for him. And in my opinion, like, I think the over is gonna hit because I think 44 and a half feels low. And I don't like Mike Zimmer's defense, but like, I'm not gonna touch that. The Giants are plus 10 points, and we're at the Chargers with an over/under 45 and a half. So Mike Lennon's out with a concussion. Daniel Jones' injury is likely season-ending. We get a Jake Fromm game. <laughs> like, at this point, I'm probably not. I, I'm gonna. I say I'm not gonna get mad, but I probably will get mad watching this game. It's gonna be ugly. It's going to be a real ugly watching Jake Fromm play. You know, the Chargers, their run defense isn't good. So Saquon, it'd be really nice to get going versus a bad run defense. But, like, you know, like, I doubt it. The whole line sucks. The run defense, I mean, the the running game, like, Saquon doesn't even run well anymore. Like, ugh. I mean, I'm just sick of the BS with this team. We're gonna lose. Like Chargers are easily gonna cover that ten point spread. I'm just hoping the Giants can get in the end zone this game, and maybe Fromm can surprise people. But no, like, take Chargers gonna win this game. Chargers are gonna cover ten. We're gonna get blown out with Jake Fromm and QB. It's just gonna be embarrassing. And like, I would go under forty five and a half because Giants games always go under. And like, you really gonna trust Jake Fromm in a game and take? You're gonna take the over in a game where Jake Fromm starting. Uh, Ravens are plus two and a half at the Browns with an over under of 42 and a half. I, oh, again, uh, these are all bets I'm not taking. I'm not taking all these bets, but uh, these are bets I would take. And these lines are as of Wednesday night, uh, and they're by Bet MGM. So these lines obviously could shift. Keep in mind. But uh, the, the Ravens and the Browns, they're two struggling offenses. And, like, God, I mean, that, like, I don't think I've ever seen this, but the Browns, their team plays the same regular season. Same game, same team twice in a row in the regular season. The you know, Browns play the Ravens two weeks ago, had a bye, and now they play them again. Uh, and like, look, that game last time was awful to watch. I, I was ready to fall asleep, and I was on the West Coast where it was six o'clock. Uh, but look, if the Browns, you can't win when Lamar has four picks, how are you going to win this game? That's my mindset. That I'm not confident in the pick because Lamar hasn't played well. And maybe the Browns. But all right, this is our game plan. Just similar to that. We win this time like, if you can't win a game with you, do that. Like, that's the only reason I'm picking the Ravens in this game. But, like, I'm not confident. So, like, because I'm not confident, like, take them two and – like, just take them plus two and a half and take the under. And maybe ride them two and a half in this game. Jaguars are plus eight and a half at the Titans and over under 43 and a half. Like, Titans are off a bye. And, like, they lost to the Jets and the Texans already. So, like, there's no guarantee they win this game. Well, in my opinion, I think the Bobby's sort of what they needed. I think we're going to see them, you know, kind of get right here, dominate the Jaguars, win this game, cover. Like, the Jaguars just stink, man. And, like, it's the Jaguars' offense, so I would advise taking the under in this game as I do for pretty much all Jaguars games because the Jaguars, not a good team, man. The Raiders are plus 9.5 at Kansas City with an over-under of 48.5. Right now, Kansas City is rolling... Look, the last time I had Vegas winning, and that's when Kansas City really started to look like Kansas City again. Uh, So, look, I think 9.5 is a a lot of points to lay. So, look, Vegas is counted out, sort of like they were against Dallas. So then they could step up, and, like, I think they'll cover. But I think Kansas City is just going to win this game. I think that this is a game where Kansas City's defense breaks a little bit while they expose the Vegas defense, and so we get over 48.5. So I really – like really the over 48.5 in this game. Uh, the Saints are minus 6.5 points. They're at the Jets with an over under 43.5. And this is it. This is their chance to win without Jameis Winston. It's been a rough go of it without him. This is the Jets' Taysom Hill. Like, come on, no excuses. Their run defense is not good. So like, I think the Saints are going to win this game. But, you know, it's an outdoor game where the Saints don't thrive. Although with Taysom Hill, they he might thrive better. And he's not the guy. So, like, I think Jets – I like Jets plus 6 a lot. Uh, give me the under, though, because these offenses are just so, so, so bad right now. Like, they're just – I don't trust these offenses for the over. And these defense I trust the Saints' defense to hold the Jets' offense. I don't trust Taysom Hill. The Cowboys are minus four at the Washington football team with an over-under 47.5. And, a half. and like, you know, see what the NFC was a foregone conclusion with Dallas winning it. But all of a sudden, like, if Washington wins this game – the NFCs is just separated by one game, and they play another, and they play each other in just a couple weeks here. Uh, I think Dallas they're gonna they're gonna escape this game with a victory, uh, but I think Washington like they're gonna cover here. They will cover four points here. If it was like a lot of points to give Dallas on the road against a streaking team. Uh, and uh, Washington, their offense and defense has played a lot better in recent weeks. I think Dallas though. We're going to see that Washington defense sort of revert back to what it was in the beginning of the season against that Dallas offense at full strength. Uh, I also think Washington, you know, Taylor Haneke has played re- well recently. I think they're going, to get, they're going to start running the ball with Gibson more, as they said. I think Gibson, who played well against Dallas last year, and Washington's offense is going to get rolling a bit too. So I love the over in this game. Right now it's 47-and-a-half. Uh, but I think overall Dallas wins this game. I think Washington will cover four, and I love over forty seven and a half in this game. Huge, huge game for the NFC East though. If Dallas wins this game, the NFC East is pretty much theirs though. Uh, Falcons are getting our plus three at the Panthers. The winner of this game is still alive in this race. I think this is loser at five at five and eight. Donezo. Like, we don't even know who's starting for the Panthers. I don't believe for Atlanta though. It doesn't might not it might not even matter because for Atlanta. Ever since Ridley went out, it's been downhill for the offense and Matt Ryan. Defense has been all right, though, surprisingly, which we don't see, which we haven't seen from this team uh, in the last few years of Dan Quinn. Uh, this will be Carolina, though, the first game since they fired Joe Brady, which I'm still surprised about because Joe Brady's a good coach, just didn't have good quarterbacks with him. Uh are so their new, new offensive coordinator. I think when this happens, you get a new, new O.C., you have some fire, you're motivated. I think they come out and they end up winning this game. Uh, I think they'll just cover three, although this could be like a field goal game. And I the offense does some things to go over 43.5 points. The Seahawks are minus 7.5 at the Texans with an over-under of 42.5. You know, congrats to Russell for finally getting the win last week. But now he finally gets a really easy team to play in in Houston. Like, I'll be honest, I don't trust Seattle to dominate this game, uh, especially on the road. So I think it'll be Texans plus 7.5. And, and I think we might see you know, these defenses not play good enough and the overhits. Uh, the Lions are plus 7.5 at the Broncos. After their first win, can they ride the momentum in the Denver? Uh, because it's the Lions, I think plus 7.5 here is a good bet. It's a lot of points away. These offenses are not good, so I also would definitely advise going under 41 and a half. Uh, Even though I advise the Lions, I would take the Lions to cover. I think the Broncos win this game here. We've seen the Broncos. They beat up on the Giants, the Jets, the Jaguars, all the teams in that bottom tier. No reason that they don't beat up on the Lions, who are also in that bottom tier. Uh, Niners versus the Bengals. A sneaky good game here uh, in the late window. Both teams suffered pretty damaging losses last week, and they looked to bounce back. Uh, Really, for these two teams, if they lose this game, they're really getting muttered into a whole wide playoff race cuz nines would would go to 6 and 7 with the Polaretha teams other Bengals would go to 7 and 6 with a whole bunch of teams that would either be 7 and 6 or 6 and 7 uh they have. I think the Bengals. Their underrated defense contains Jimmy G in the Niners' offense, and they bounce back. Now the Niners love to run the ball, and the Bengals run defense isn't great. So that's why I can see the Niners really winning and dominating this game. And Burrow's finger—it's a huge factor here. I hope it's okay, and I'm hoping that it will be okay. I'm gonna ride with that. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be a pretty game. So I think they'll bounce back. Second straight home game, so they'll cover that one point. Look, defenses are solid. The Niners offense is inconsistent. I think Debo Samuel would Debo still be out. Uh, Burr's on 100%. And I think Debo Samuel being out really changes that Niners offense. So I would probably take the under in this game. Easily the best game of the, of the week is going to be the Bills, who are getting three points at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with an over under 52.5. Like, even if this game wasn't flexing the Sunday Night Football, that's just crazy. The Bills need this game. They lose this game. They are two back of New England in the in the AFC East. And it just feels like that will be really hard to overcome, especially with a game there coming up. They have to have this game. I think it's going to be a really close one. I'm excited for it. Uh, but I just think that it's going to be really hard for the Bills to win this game. Look. The Bucks' offense is starting to play a lot better in recent weeks, and I think that's going to be really what limits Josh Allen, who hasn't been perfect, and especially during this mini-Bills skid, has struggled a tiny bit. Plus, the Bills lost Tredavious White on Thanksgiving. I think Brady and the way that Bay offense is rolling is going to be what gives them that edge. Uh, if Tredavious White plays, that makes a huge difference, but I like the Bucks to end up winning this game, and Brady continues his dominance of the AFC East. Like Tom Brady himself continues his dominance of the AFC East. It'll be a close game. Uh I'm gonna advise the under single because of the trend here. I feel like every time we have a week where every game is has an over-under in the forties, only one game is in the fifties, that game goes under, that happened with Chiefs Cowboys. So I would advise taking the under here. Uh, the Bears on Sunday Night Football getting plus twelve and a half at the Packers and then over under 43.5. Like I just like I hate that this game is Sunday Night Football. It should be the other game. The Packers, they own the Bears, and Rodgers owns them. So, Packers are going to win this game. I will say, though, this is like one of those games I feel like 12.5 is a lot of points to lay. Uh, so, I feel like there will be like a bad door cover for like even 12.5 in the over. So, take the over. Take plus 12.5 because I feel like some backdoor shit could happen. But Packers are going to easily win this game. And if they win and the Vikings lose th- tonight, which I think they will, Vikings win the NF- NFC North. And the last game, Monday Night Football. The Rams are plus three. They're at the Cardinals and over under a 52. A great game for Monday Night Football. Uh, look, the Rams, they win this game. That's huge for them. They finally get a win against a winning team. They prove that, okay, yeah, they're back, and last week wasn't just because it was the Jaguars. The Cardinals, they win and they clinch a playoff spot. Simple as that. I think it's going to be the Cardinals. They're at a home. They're in front of that crowd. You're, it's Monday Night Football. It's prime time. You have a chance to clinch a playoff spot. I think you they do it. They went in the L.A. earlier. They dominated the Rams, and there's no reason that they can do it again. This was versus a Rams offense that was rolling. This was against a Rams offense that had Robert Woods. Well, now this Rams offense, it hasn't been as dominant in recent weeks. It doesn't have Robert Woods. Daryl Henderson's not 100%. Odell's not adjusted to that offense. The offensive line isn't playing as good. So I like the Cardinals to win this game to get the playoff spot. I think it'll be a close one. I think the Rams will hang around, so it'll be. I like the Rams plus three. And, you know, the way the last game went was over. I would take the over in this game as well. Uh, that's it for my Week 14 preview. Uh, let me get into, uh, you know, some basketball talk before we end the show. With the Knicks, the slide for the Knicks continues. I was there Saturday when the Knicks were at home against Denver and humiliated, absolutely humiliated by them, just it wasn't even close by the third quarter. That had to be probably one of the worst sporting events I've ever gone to, just like watching them play and watching them lose. Like, we suck. We absolutely suck right now, and it's embarrassing to watch. Randall's completely regressed. R.J. Barrett's inconsistent. Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker, who everyone got so hyped about, have proved to be horrible signings. You know, Kemba... And up not even up a bunch of contract, but still it sucks him to be out of the rotation. Fournier, which I didn't like, has been a waste of money. Uh, Noel's been a huge waste of money. It's been right now a disaster for the Knicks. And like I really don't know. I really don't know if we're gonna be a top ten team right in the playoffs right now. It's it sucks. We should be top ten, but then right now there's no guarantee that's gonna happen. Uh, like the best case, like right now, like you know, I mentioned the Bulls game. The last last game, last game, last, game, last podcast. They were losing the Bulls. I said, oh, they're going to lose the Bulls because I was recording during the episode. They nearly come back and blow it. Uh, and, like, right now, like, top 10 no guarantee because, in my opinion, the Nets, Bucks, Heat, and Bulls are all clearly better than them. You know, long-term, I don't trust them to be better than the Sixers. The ceiling for this team is the sixth seed, but there's, like, many fans thought that was the worst-case scenario. I really don't see the six seed happening at all. Like, the Wizards right now, I don't see us being better than the Wizards at all. Uh, the Celtics, uh, yeah, we beat them. Yeah, we beat the Hawks. But right now, we don't look better than either of those teams. And all of a sudden, you're talking about so – now, so now, let's see, I said those are five – That that's all of a sudden now going to be eight teams were below. The Hornets, like, the, the, the Hornets came in and beat us and embarrassed us. Like, right now, I don't know if we're going to be better than the Hornets. Like, right, like, right, like we look on the – the only teams I can say where it's definitely better than are the Pistons and the Magic. Like, right now, we should be better than the Raptors and the Cavs, although both teams have beat us, and the Cavs right now look incredible. Now, long-term, we should be better than the Cavs, but who knows? Uh, Pacers, you know, know, we just lost to the Pacers. We got blown out by the Pacers last night. You know, I say we're around the Pacers level, but just right now, I don't know, man. This this sucks. It really just sucks. Uh, College basketball going to quickly end there. Gonzaga lost to Bama, the second loss in three games for the Zags. They're not as untouchable as we thought they were last year. Uh, you know, Iona, you know, they, they, Iona beat Bama. And there are concerns about Bama. You know, but Jaden Shackleford had 28 points on 10 of 16 shooting. J.D. Davison had his breakout game. Uh, that was really it for the big games over the weekend. You know, Ohio State, they had two games. They crushed Penn State. Uh... You know, Kyle Young, 4 for 4 from 3 point range, absolutely dominating them. Jamari Wheeler had a great overall game, 9 points, 5 boards, 9 assists in his revenge game against, the, uh, against Penn State. And then last night we played Towson. Now Towson gave us a tough game in the first half, but we ended up pulling away late in the second half. Justin Orange was unconscious from 3, going 5 of 10, dropping 16, especially as we ended up taking over late in the game. Uh, Ledeau had some big shots, although he struggled with turnovers. Kyle Young, whenever we needed a big basket, had 18 points. He's really seemed to thrive and adjust to that role off the bench as a sixth man. So Ohio State, look, we've had our struggles against some of these bad teams, but we beat Duke, and we still need to get all our guys healthy. So great win for the Buckeyes. Uh, Tuesday night, I was at the Garden for the Jimmy V Classic. First game, clearly going to recap, Tennessee, Texas Tech. It was a boring game. It was close game. Just atrocious shooting. Tennessee was like 6 of 40 from 3. At one point, they were 2 of 29, down to 7%. Uh, they got a, some late threes, including the one that mattered, the tie it. But overall, they shot an ugly 26.8%. You know, it's not like Texas Tech was much better. They were 4 of 24 from 3. So their 16.7% was better than the 15% that uh, Tennessee shot. And they had the sh- overall shooting advantage. They already were the Point one to one. This game was so sloppy and ugly. You know, jo- Josiah, Jordan, James, one of the worst misses I've ever seen. 60 and 50% from the free throw line, suspect, uh, respectively. Overtime happened. The under still hit by a mile. And fans were booing. You know, obviously it was a Syracuse-Villanova crowd, so most fans wanted that game to start already. But, like, it was just, like, because the game was so bad. You know, Tech, their first big win in the post-Chris Beard era. Second game was Nova Cuse, and I had to leave it at the half to uh, go make my bust. But the first half, close game. You know, the first couple minutes, they were trading buckets and three-pointers. But in the end, Buddy was like struggled while Jimmy played well. Cuse, the first half, the Garden's rocking with a lot of Cuse fans there. But once the Nova defense settled in, Nova played well in the second half. They blew out, and I'm honestly glad I left. Uh, again, like, this is another big episode. I still need to get in this MLB lockout and the winners and losers, but uh, that's my show for now. I want to thank everybody who supported the podcast thus far. Remember, go follow Jay Bird's IV on Twitter for all my latest live reactions to games. Go follow the View podcast on Instagram for all my latest uh, episode release dates. Thank you, everybody, and have a great rest of your day.